We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. kind of an update on where we're at in our series and kind of bring you up to speed if you weren't here. We are in week number two of our series, Friend of Sinners. Someone say, Friend of Sinners. And and in this series, we are seeing a glimpse of who Jesus uh, chose to do life with while here on earth. We also are seeing why the religious leaders of those days gave him this nickname, Jesus, Friend of of sinners. Basically, they were saying this. Um, we really don't like who you're associating with, JC. Like, like we're not really feeling this. Like, you're, you're, you're hanging out with, with, with the misfits. You're hanging out with the broken. You're hanging out with the hurting. You're hanging out with the outcasts of society. You're, you're hanging out with the lost people. And Jesus' response was this. He had many, but one that stands out to us is found in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He kind of gives his own mission statement. He says, I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus came up with his own mission statement. I love this. You see, Jesus was always found loving those that the church judged. That was Jesus. He was always found sitting at the table of those they were afraid of. And always found embracing and conversing with much grace with those they would run from. This was Jesus. He said, I came for the purpose to seek and to save those who are lost. And can I tell you today that this is really, really, really good news for us? This is really good news for us because whether you think you're good or you know you're bad, the truth is we've all fallen short. We've all fallen short. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short. Of the glory of God. We are all that friend of sinners that Jesus came and accepted. Even though we didn't deserve it. I said even though we didn't deserve it. That's what I want to talk about today. We find our text in Luke chapter 19. And there's a story here that best illustrates the point we want to make today. Check this out. Luke chapter 19 verse 1 through 10 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He, some of you are raised in church. Some of you are like, what is he saying right now? Some of you raised in Sunday school with the flannel graphs. Come on, somebody. Testify of the Lord's goodness. He delivered you from that flannel graph. Some of you were teaching those kids with that thing, that felt board down there. Come on. If you don't know what we're talking about, just ask somebody after service. They'll fill you in. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. I seen this scripture as I was going over it this week, and I told my wife, I said, baby, there's hope for you. 
The Bible talks about short people, babe. You're in the Bible. You made it. She's like, shut up. She's always asking me, can you get this out of the cabinet? Can you, can you reach this for me? I said, babe, there's hope for you. Jesus loves short people. So he ran and he climbed up a sycamore tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter. All the haters began to speak up, drinking that hater aid. And they said, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, someone say today. Today, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man came to what? Seek and to save the what? The what? The lost. I want to speak to you for a few moments today on a message titled, Fast Pass. Fast Pass. I must admit one thing to you that gets under my skin. Probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Are you ready for it? Probably something that has the potential for me to flesh out. That word flesh out means do something, say something that I shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, Get in the flesh, we call it. Something that causes my mouth to get me in trouble is when people cut in line. (laughs) Yeah, I got a problem with it. I got a problem with it, and I'm here to confess to you today. I'm here to admit to you, you need to pray for your pastor because I struggle. I struggle with this because it's so annoying. It's so annoying when you cut in line. Now, some of you are like, you're that person. You know it right now. You're shrunk down in your seat. Like, you're that person. You cut in the coffee line out there. It's free, but you cut anyway. It's so annoying, I mean, from airports to doctor's offices to the grocery store to amusement parks. It's the worst when you're at Kings Island or Cedar Point and it's 130,000 degrees. And you're waiting for two hours to ride the roller coaster and this person just walks ahead of you smiling, acting like they're on the phone. Where are you? You know they ain't on the phone with nobody. They lying. Yeah, he, oh, oh, you're over there. I'll cut 1,000 people to get ahead. It's so annoying, but probably the worst thing for you to do to me is if I was at a place like Chipotle and you cut me in line, I may want to cut you because when I get hangry, I get hangry. Like I take food serious. Come on. How many love to eat? I love to eat. I love to eat. Church people, they eat, man. They love, they come to church and they eat. Like, what's your drug of choice? Eating. (laughs) We love it. We love fellowship dinners. (laughs) We love Dan's donuts. 
And, and, and last week, we were at a conference, a student conference in uh, uh, Canton, Ohio, and we were there, and I was with my brother, and, and we were in line, and, you know, we were in the front of the line waiting for the food, right? Next thing you know, there's like 30, 40 people ahead of us. I mean, I, I did something that I probably shouldn't have done. I mean, here I am at a church. I'm a pastor. I got invited by the pastor who put on the conference, like, like, some people know who I was, but I'm like, hey, Joel, like, they didn't see that the line was back here. <laughs> you know how you say it real loud? Like, hopefully they'll catch it. <laughs> like, Joel, they didn't see. And Joel's just kind of like, shut up, Jacob. <laughs> He's not really the aggressive type, and he'll take the Sprite even though he orders a Coke. Um, and, and, and they didn't see that we've been waiting here for 20 minutes, and they got ahead of us for the tacos. And I was really excited about those tacos, and I was excited that I was about to be next in line, but somebody cut me. Somebody cut me. So sometimes I lose it. Sometimes I lose it with my wife, and Tara's like a real Christian. And, <laughs> and like, she's like, Jake, settle down, settle it, like, just don't make a scene. I'm like, it's not fair. It is not fair. We've been waiting in line for our Starbucks and they cut us. Who do they think they are? We have the gold card too. She's just a much better Christian than me and she doesn't say anything, but I I speak up at times. It's really bad when I speak up and I find out that there's church people around me. (laughs) So I apologize in advance if that's happened to you, but Pray for me. Why, why does this bother us so much? It bothers us so much because it's not fair. It, it's not fair. We waited our turn. We waited our turn. We paid our dues. Stood in the line to ride the roller coaster. Sweated off 110 pounds for the last two hours. Right? And someone cuts us in line. Someone wants our spot. Someone wants to take priority ahead of us and they don't deserve it they don't deserve it and what i want you to see through this illustration is this whether we commit it or not admit it or not we have this desire for people to get what they deserve come on i want you to lean into this we have this desire for people to get what they deserve you do this so you get that you didn't do this so you don't get that And we aren't so justice-minded when it comes to ourselves. However, when it comes to others, we want to make sure justice prevails. Don't we? This kind of thinking is bad enough on its own, but it's far worse when it creeps into our theology and our faith. Why? Because grace isn't fair. Grace isn't fair. The gospel isn't fair, at least in not the way we define fairness. Just look at this story of Zacchaeus. He... Cut the line. Cut the line. He did it. He cut the line. You see, the gospel is the proclamation that not just the good will be blessed, but even the bad will be blessed if they put their faith and trust in Jesus. And this does not sit well with us at times. It's not fair. It's not fair that they get the same grace when they just got saved, all the bad stuff they've been doing all their life, and they get the same treatment, it's not fair. They don't deserve it. How do they get to cut in line? And we don't like it. We don't like it, but 
Friends, the gospel is anything but fair. And if you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to discover who he really is, what you're going to find out quickly is that if you try to take that thinking and apply it to him, you're going to find yourself frustrated and annoyed constantly because Jesus is anything but fair. He offers grace, and grace isn't fair. Grace, by definition, is this, the unmerited favor of God. The unmerited favor of God, meaning the moment you deserve it, it's not grace anymore. Oh, I want you to grab this. The moment you deserve it, it's not grace anymore. The unmerited favor of God, that God shines down on you in spite of you. In spite of your failures, your weakness, your shortcomings. The gospel is very simple. It's this. Jesus Christ came to take everything that you deserve so you could get everything he deserves. Mm. Come on now. Anyone thankful for a savior who traded places with us? Come on. Anybody thankful for the amazing grace of God? What we see here about this man Zacchaeus is a beautiful story about how the gospel and how Jesus is a friend of sinners. Now, let me give you some context to the text. Let me break down to you who Zacchaeus was because we hear tax collector and we think, okay, that's not so bad. Like, you just got a tax check, so you're like, that ain't so bad. I got some money back. But you got to understand the context of who Zacchaeus was in those days. He was a bad dude, and I don't mean bad as in awesome and cool. He was a bad dude. He was a thief. He was a crook. He was the chief tax collector. He was a gangster in those days. Who knew gangsters were short? (laughs) Zacchaeus was. And what this meant was this, chief tax collector. What this meant was this. He was working against his own people the Jewish people, the Israelites, and he was working for a Roman government who was trying to take over the people and was bullying them. And so what the Roman government did is they hired people in certain communities, in certain areas, to take the money from the people, to to take more than what they should. And then what Zacchaeus would then do is pay off the Roman government, but he was lining his pockets with a whole lot of their money. Okay, This is who... Zacchaeus was. He was extorting them and he was lining his pockets and paying off the Roman government. You talk about a guy that was despised. You talk about a guy that came walking through and the people just had some very ill words and bad things to say about him. You talked about a guy who was looked down and hated by all. It was Zacchaeus. He was getting richer by taking advantage of people. They didn't like him. They didn't like him. To the public, Zacchaeus, you don't deserve the attention of Jesus. You don't deserve it. So what they did, they crowded around. They crowded around when Jesus came so that Zacchaeus couldn't get to Jesus. They crowded around because they looked at this man who was robbing them. They looked at this man who was taking food out of their baby's bellies and mouths. And they said, you don't even deserve to see Jesus. You're a crook. You're a thief. We don't even want you around here. They crowded around as to tell him you don't deserve to get close to him. But Zacchaeus was determined to see Jesus. Why? 
Well, maybe he thought, this man has the answers I've been searching for. Maybe he thought, I could find some peace in this man. I, I, I have a lot of money, but I have no peace. You know money doesn't equal peace. You know money doesn't equal joy. You know money doesn't equal fulfillment in your life. There's a whole lot of rich people in Hollywood ending their life from overdoses and suicides. They got all the money in the world. You would think they would have peace. Nope. Doesn't mean you got peace if you got money. Hmm? I think Zacchaeus said maybe, maybe he's the one to, f- to fill this void in my heart because I'm empty and I'm searching for something else. And I, I think about this in this story of Zacchaeus and how the people crowded around and I think about how many people around us desire to see Jesus and how sometimes we're so quick to judge someone's readiness to see him. Like we look at people we work with and people in our community, like they don't really deserve the grace of God. Like, like, like they're not nice people. Like you look at individuals, you're like they're mean, like they're rude, like they're taking advantage of other people. They don't deserve to see Jesus, Right? And we, we can have that attitude, and there are a lot of people in our lives and a lot of people that we work with that deeply desire to know God, and they may not know what they're looking for, and their attitude and actions may be far from Jesus, but I can guarantee you, deep down inside, they would do anything to see him. Are you with me today? Is this okay? They would do anything to see him. And a lot of times what happens is we get in the way. Don't we? Just like the crowd got in the way of Zacchaeus. They knew he was short. Short people problems. They knew it. They crowded around. I'm sure they're looking at each other like, block him out. Set a pick. <laughs> Don't let him buy Jesus. And, and, and we do the same thing. We get in the way. And you know what we need to do, church? We need to get out the way. We need to get out the way. We need to get out the way because sometimes we are those people in the crowd that prevent other Zacchaeuses from seeing Jesus. Sometimes we are the ones that say they don't deserve it. How can they cut in line? I've been serving God for 20, 30 years. How do they deserve that same grace, that same favor? And we need to get out of the way of the Zacchaeuses in our lives and let them get to Jesus. They feel spiritually short. (laughs) They feel inferior. They feel hopeless. And we can give the impression that they can only see Jesus if somehow they deserve it. None of us deserve the grace of God. None of of us deserve the free gift of grace that is freely given to us. We don't deserve it, but we got it anyway. Anyway. You know what gets in the way of hurting and lost people seeing Jesus? Let's just break it down. Our self-righteousness. Come on. Let's be real. It's, it's our self-centeredness. We think because we know more scriptures, we go to church faithfully, we, we tie, like we're better than. Our self-righteousness gets in the way of the Zacchaeuses in our life. How many people have I stopped from getting to Jesus because I judged them? I think about that. A lot of people. A lot of people. You know what helps them see Jesus? Our humility, our love, our embrace. 
they will see Jesus in our lives without us even saying a word. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. You see, you can walk into your job, you can walk into your family, and you don't even need to say nothing. Why? Because light shines brightest in the darkest of times. Light shines brightest in the darkest of situations. And you can be that light shining. You can be that mercy and grace that will shine through you. But many times church people get in the way of lost people getting to Jesus. Gandhi said this, I would be a Christian, but I've met too many Christians. People don't have a problem with Jesus. They have a problem with his followers. This is good. I think I'm going to get the podcast. (laughs) Our mission as Jesus followers is to get out of the way and let him work. I said, let him work. Quit trying to change your spouse, your husband, your kids. Quit trying to change them and let God work in their hearts. Quit forcing Jesus down. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Get out of the way and let Jesus do his work. Let the Holy Spirit convict You just keep loving. You just keep showing grace. You just keep showing mercy because it's the same love, the same grace, the same mercy that was shown to you. Whether you see it or not, it's the same. What did Zacchaeus do? He came to the end of himself and he knew he needed something more. Interesting, he did something so profound in those days that he left His bag of money, he left his log of who owed what. He threw it down and he began to run. First of all, men didn't run in those days. It was a sign of weakness. It was a sign of weakness. Second of all, he had like a robe on that came from here down to his feet. And in order for him to run, he would have to pull that robe up. And men never showed their legs back then. I know some of you are like, I don't show my legs now. (laughs) I got chicken legs. (laughs) I hear you. But it was a sign of weakness. Because when you've seen a man running, it said that he's running after something that is more important than him. Yep. Second thing he did, he climbed up to a tree. Men didn't climb trees. Boys climbed trees. Boys climbed trees. But Zacchaeus pulled up his robe and he took off running. He climbed up into the tree. Especially someone of his stature who had authority in the community. You would never see a man like him climbing a tree. So he was desperate. Zacchaeus did whatever it took to see Jesus. But I'm here to tell you Jesus did whatever it took to save Zacchaeus. Oh yeah. He climbed a tree for Jesus but Jesus died on a tree for him. He hung out in a tree, but Jesus hung on a tree for him. He was sweating for Jesus as he's running, but Jesus was bleeding for him. He was tired for Jesus, but Jesus was in pain so that he could rest. Jesus always goes the extra mile for you and I. Run after him. Run after him. No no matter where you find yourself, you may be the Zacchaeus today. You may be listening and say, that's me. I'm far from God, but I want to run after him. I'm going to pursue him because anything you're willing to do for Jesus, he's already done that much for you, church. He's already done it. God always goes first. I love this about Jesus because he calls his name Zacchaeus. Come down. I love this about Jesus because he knows your name. 
He knows your name and everything about you, and he still wants you. Oh, this gives me hope today because when he called his name, the crowd gasped because they said he doesn't deserve it. But Jesus never calls you by your sin. He always calls you by your name. Notice he did not say, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, come down. That would be Jesus calling him by his sin. But Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. Come down. We have an appointment today. We have a dinner today. You see, the devil knows your name but calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin but calls you by your name. Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah, I'm thankful for that today. But Christians, man, we've done a poor job at showing the message, the gospel, because we made it about a Sunday morning thing, haven't we? We made it about a Sunday morning, and that's part of it, but not the whole. Jesus wants you. He wants you. He knows your name. Lost person, he knows your name. He knows the lost people you're working with, you're living with, that are in your family. He knows their name, and he wants them. See, I want our church to be a place where people say, I don't know what I believe. I don't even know if I believe. I, 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 don't, I don't know, but there is something different about these people at Fuel. There's something different. The love, the moment I drive onto the property, the moment I walk in, I feel love. I feel acceptance. I feel like this is family. I want people to feel welcome. I want us to be a church that's known to be the church that's a friend of sinners. That's what I want for this church. And though it is true that the church must always disassociate itself from sin, yes, but it should never have any excuse for keeping sinners at a distance. For such as us. For such as us, for such as us, friend of sinners. For such as us. So this brings me so why this message is called Fast Pass. Have you ever been to Disney World? Well, Jesus is like the Fast Pass at Disney World. He lets you skip straight to the front of the line. Unexpectedly. Undeserving. He is our Fast Pass. He is our Fast Pass, church. You don't deserve it, but you get to go to the front. You were in the back, but now you get to go to the front and ride the rock and roller coaster and listen to Aerosmith. Praise God. <laughs> Woo! I love that roller coaster. He is our fast pass. Think about the crowd. Think about the thoughts. Think about the looks. Think about the judgment. Here Jesus is calling Zacchaeus by his name, not by his sin. Here Jesus is telling him, I'm coming to your house for dinner. The head of the gang, the gangster Zacchaeus. And Jesus says, I want to come and dine with you. I want to come and fellowship with you. I want to come and talk to you. Here he is. He gets a fast pass. The most undeserving person in that crowd the person that they least expected for jesus to call out he gets a fast pass he gets to go to the front of the line and his life is changed the bible says not only his life but his whole family gets saved that day that day read it 
That day his whole family. And Zacchaeus said, man, I've wronged a lot of people. I'm paying them back four times, everybody I've robbed. And here's what I'm doing, Jesus. You know that 10% thing of the tithe? I'm skipping that and I'm going to 50%. (laughs) Read your Bible. It's crazy. 50% he's giving away. Some of you are griping about the 10. Fussing about the 10. Don't want to give the 10. We'll never give the 10. Jesus, Zacchaeus like, hey, you changed my life. Take 50%. Boom. Hmm? Fast pass. Friends, you can skip the never-ending lines of legalism today. You can skip the never-ending lines of self-effort and works, and you can cut the line because of grace, because of the fast pass, because he picked you, because he's screaming to you in the tree, hey, come down. I want to fellowship with you. I know your name. I know where you've been. I know what you've been through. I know what you did last summer. And I still want to be with you. I still want to be with you because Jesus is the face of grace. Grace is Jesus. The gospel is grace. Grace is the gospel. And it is the unmerited favor of God. We don't deserve it. But we get the fast pass. And we get to go ahead in line because of the grace of God. Somebody rejoice and stand with me. My prayer today is that we would get out of the way of the Zacchaeuses that are trying to get to Jesus. The people that we encounter every day, may we see them different. May we not look at them as undeserving, but may we allow them to see Jesus in our life. May we be the light shining in the darkness. May we be the example of love and grace that someone showed us. May, may we be that. May we, maybe for somebody, it's accepting that fast pass today. Maybe for others, it's giving a fast pass, giving grace to someone. Bow your heads with me. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life change me in Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.